Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and what do you know, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Swinney for episode 103 for this Sunday, the 6th of November, 2022. This week's show, launch date, prices and games revealed for the PlayStation VR 2. A new Deus Ex game is apparently in the works, Square Enix's Symbiogenesis is revealed, and Hideo Kojima finally comments on the Blue Box Studios conspiracy theory. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love to get you to subscribe on YouTube or your favourite podcast app. If you're a mega fan, come join us on the Discord. All the links are in the description below or at bigweekpod.com. Joining us today, we have our executive producer, Intergot. Hello, hello, hello. And no mic, unfortunately. Huh? What? No. Yes, and uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, it's left a mic-sized hole in my heart uh, <laughs> to not have him. I was, uh, I was thinking today that, uh, you know, it's, it's like... It's almost like a unit of measurement, like, you know, when, <laughs> and I was thinking like, you know, he's, I think he's, I was counting it, 77 episodes he's been on, so, okay. man, if he's going at this rate, it's going to be like our third year anniversary before he gets to episode 100. It literally could be another year, right, at that, <laughs> the rate that what he's doing right now, so. He is, he was apologetic that he couldn't make it, he's got some uh, things to sort out, some life admin. Um, I have to that, admit, I didn't know that he was going to not be here. Until he was like, hey, I'm not going to come. I'm like, huh? Like, okay. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, it's not that I've got anything on. I just came back from a Bucks party, big night, everything like that. I can tell your your face is looking a little red. Um, (laughs) And it was was quite a sunny day today uh, down where I am. I don't know if it was where you were. Oh, yeah, it was super sunny. It was good. It was a good day. Yes. So I've got a bit of hype. So I was looking at the calendar and looking at uh, you know when the game of the year, game of the year for Game Awards when the nominees are announced, and oh, yeah. I looked at uh, basically next week will be the time when we actually do our predictions for what we think is going to be nominated. So we did that last time. Oh, okay. So so we we take a stab at what the six games, assuming there's going to be six again. Yeah, uh, what be. the six will be um, that will be nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards and then of course mm. once we actually know all the nominees um, we will actually do our predictions ahead of the show which I think is like somewhere around the 8th or the 10th of December around that kind of so a little while away but I think it's the second Friday for us It honestly it's a tougher year than it was last year um, we've talked about it a lot on the show um, because there's some that are a lock I think yeah. and are some that are there, there's a lot more it feels like there's a lot more spots for indie gems this year than there have been in, in recent years yeah I think like top two it's like almost non-negotiable now <laughs> like mm. you could I would bet my house on it type of territory literally I would um, and then I'm not, actually not even confident in what I think is probably going to be ranked the third so yeah it'll be interesting next week when we start there's, to go through it it's not super so, clear it's not super clear to no me. and there's so many that could just like surprise you like a game like uh neon white get in you know and you're like i can see why yeah, that got I, in but I, it's yeah, like correct you know so we'll we'll see we'll when we get to it, uh, yeah. yeah we'll cover it next week and we'll make sure mike gets the heads up that he needs to uh be here not, not come up with it on the fly um i've also oh, got a couple- okay 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 because he's not gonna listen to this the chance that he's not gonna come up with it on the fly come on dude let's be real <laughs> we've known him for like 30 years you say that and he's listened in on the intro to the show when he's not been he's, here before you're, you're so... ruining the magic I'm doing this to like <laughs> stir him up to stir him to do it it's reverse psychology man now now we have to reverse the reverse psychology reverse the he reverse will do psychology. it <laughs> he's definitely gonna he's not definitely, do it on the fly he's definitely gonna do it he's definitely gonna right. prep 
Um, I got a quick update. It's from yeah, a while oh, back, but um, yeah. so I've bemoaned the fact that um, the DualSense controller on the PlayStation Five, or at least my one, yeah, the just I had issues with it. Just, just had such a poor battery life, and it just was oh, like yeah. going dead. And Terrible. I was having to charge it all the time. And I said a while back, I'm like. I think it's also possibly because it's not going to sleep long. I'm, ex I'm expecting to, like, I'll put the controller down, I'll go away and do something for 40 minutes or something, I'll come back and it's it's not, it's probably not automatically turning off. So I just want oh, to clarify, okay. I went in the settings and saw that there's the options, you can set it okay to turn off after half an hour or whatever of inactivity. So I just want to update the fact that I'm glad I found that because it's much better now. So I'm, Look at it's the, kind of... The Xbox hater, the sorry, hate, fanboy, you know... Well, I thought spreading that's what lies it, about. <laughs> no, I said, I said back then. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but I thought that's what it might be. Yeah. But it is a shame it's not kind of on something like that by default. But whatever, I figure it out. I still just can't. I just can't get over the controller. Like there's something about it, and the fact that you can't use the dual sense will forever just shit me and like annoy the hell out of me. The I, what do you mean the dual sense? No, DualShock sorry, dual shock four. Yeah, like there is absolutely no reason why like no fair reason why you can't use the DualShock 4 like they're like oh you know we want to be able to use all the special features and stuff like that bullshit that's not a reason to block that's, it completely that's a that's a toggle in the options menu with a, a small bit of exactly. work involved you know it's um, it's like the fact that they've gotten away with like I like PlayStation but the fact that they get away with that shit and people don't call them out for their bullshit like actually kind of pisses me off it's like come on like this is this is really bad it's bad form so also um a bit of a psa it's you know not news to most probably most people but for me it was um i don't know if you've ever known uh, or had you know a lot of people have a microsoft account or a whatever mm, or not it's for yes. like outlook or yeah. whatever and generally there's there's like a microsoft rewards point system involved with that that is, I guess, linked into Xbox and all other stuff as mm -hmm. well. And I had so many bloody reward points that I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got all these reward points. Mm. So, and I actually, what I realized is when you actually go to see what you can redeem these points for in the Microsoft Rewards, there's actually a whole bunch of options there. But also, there's a bunch that you can actually just put some of these points to charity donations. So, oh. just to PSA that if you're sitting on lots of points and you don't want to use them for anything, that you can just like literally click and just say, okay, I want to. There's a whole bunch of you know different um, charities and stuff there. So Is I just that thought what that you was. Did? I I put a bunch of points to them. Yeah, like it's look, it's not as it's you know obviously just go and donate to charity on donate charity anyway. But the fact that these points are sitting there and I'm like, well, I could redeem a bunch for like a JB Hi-Fi gift card, or I could put a bunch just to a charity. So you know, it's like there's. So. I feel like this is just a roundabout way of you trying to say what a great bloke you are. No, I just noticed it. I literally noticed it this week because <laughs> I didn't even know what they, those points were for. I obviously, if I signed up to something, if it wasn't by default, mm. then I've forgotten about it. So I was like, I just thought it'd be a nice PCA just to let people know to check, you know, if they've got leftover Microsoft reward points, they can do that. No, or they nice. can, Or they can use it towards actual video game related stuff. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, exactly. Do anything you want with it. I, I initially had a question, but I feel like it's wasted now that Mike's not here because it's sort of like, you know, won't be able to repeat it to Mike. Man, do you know what I mean? I've had something I've been planning to do during like my banter video game segment that 
on the week that Mike's not here, we're doing some where it's like either a busy week or we're doing something special. Yeah. Or Mike's not here, so I'm like, bloody Mike. It's like it's I've wanted prick, to do this he? thing for like eight weeks and he's bloody screwing me over. Screwing <laughs> me over. Prick. But he's not even here. He doesn't even know what he's doing, but he's screwing me over. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's not a bad I heard it, like to be to be honest, or not you know, open, whatever. Um, I heard it on another podcast. I'm like, oh, that's such a good question. I like it. But yeah, now that Mike's not here, it's like... Hold on for it, because Mike's answers are always the ones that are much more entertaining for the audience. Yes, uh, that's that's really fair. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fair. So we should should wait for the the great man to return. Don't... Don't pilfer and reuse good content when uh, there's not the uh, the output that you want. Well, to if get if from we kind of like if yeah, we can't really raise it because you know that would be super lame if we bring it up two weeks in a row. You can't do that. So <laughs> yeah, we'll have or to wait for him. We could predict what he's gonna say. Uh, uh, okay, do you want to do that? <laughs> Let's get a shot. Yeah, I like I like these. This is good. <laughs> this is thinking on the run. So I, I have no idea how I can predict Mike is is so no yeah, he's anyway. very unpredictable. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. So the question that I heard is, if you could wipe out from your memory one game that you've played, so then you could play it again fresh, what game would it be? I'm like, that's a good question. I like it. I like it. Mike's probably going to say something stupid like Sextress, but I think <laughs> his real answer would probably be the original Fallout. I think that would be his answer. Okay. I had Mass Effect. Yeah, I can see that. I can so see that. I had that. Mass Effect. You had Fallout. What's your yeah. answer to the question? Might as well give our answers and then we can talk. See, this, uh, you've you've given us two segments. You've given us the segment because we guess <laughs> and then the audience has to wait till next week. It's the hook. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that's our guesses. So wait, your Fallout, I'm Mass Effect for Mike. Yeah. What are you for your actual answer? Oh, look, probably... Probably the original Dark Souls. Dude, that, that, like, Dark Souls is climbing on my list of, like, greatest games of all time. Massively, right? Because the, the, ish, the, the thing is that I'm, I'm thinking my current day, like, self with gaming and everything. Yeah. Because if I say something like an older game, you are blinded by nostalgia in a lot of ways. And coming to those games for the first time, and I'll talk a bit about that actually soon. But coming mm. to an older game for the first time, like, 20 years later... It's a very different experience. So, for yeah. instance, I don't think I would love Ocarina of Time as much as I do if I came to it now for the first time. Yes, good answer. I think you're totally right. Like, I had those kind of thoughts in my head as well. Like, how would you take this versus that and all that kind of mm. stuff? Um, my answer might surprise you, actually. Because I don't think it's the best game of the year it came out. So it's kind of an interesting... But there's, it's actually clear reasons why I think I'd want to erase it. Because the thing is, in this game, there's certain moments where I'm like, it literally got me in the feels. I was like, ah, oh, damn, this this game has really like hooked me. It's uh, Mario Odyssey. Oh, wow, Mario Odyssey got you in the feels. That's interesting. Yeah, like I love you know like the, how they weave in so seamlessly the eight bit aesthetic. Uh, it reminds okay, those... me of when I was a kid, and then Donkey Kong said because I had no spoilers really. Like, the whole... Don- like, I don't want to spoil it for people. Skip for, like, 30 seconds. Like, the Donkey Kong segment, and then how the game ends with Mario 64. I was like, ah, oh, damn, man. This has got me, like, so hardcore. Mm. Oh, but yeah, I, I, get, I don't think I it's the now. best game of that year. But the, just the experience of those moments, I was like... Mm. It was maximum nostalgia for me. And, that, like, I love the Mario series. It's probably my favourite series, the Mario series. Mm. Like, over Zelda. So, yeah. Mario Odyssey. I still think Breath of the Wild's a better game, though. 
right. Well, we will see what Mike says next yes. week. And, Stay uh, tuned, listeners. Let, let's uh, unless he, if he listens to this, and so be it. But if he ha- doesn't hear it, then uh, we will we will pretend oh, that yeah, we're right. asking. No, if he hears it, then Mike, sk- yeah. we have to go back. Skip Mike. We need yeah. to message him. If he hears it, he hears it. Right. Okay. If he doesn't listen listen to this week's show intro, then. I reckon we just kind of pretend that we haven't asked a question yet and just get an honest answer from him. Not yeah. like, oh, we predicted what you were going to say. No, I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. But, you yeah. know, he is his own man. If that's he one is. thing you want to say about Mike, like, he won't be influenced by us. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So, you you can open up the batting. Yes, yes. So, I've got my normal cycle of Splatoon 3. Uh, the Splatfest is coming up next week. The thing I like what they're doing now is... So, there's a couple of things. They don't have a battle pass, but they have kind of the equivalent to a battle pass, but it's free. And it's called the catalog. So, just like Fortnite, all those things, you can roll it, like level, 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 but again, it's free. And you do get items that you can't get otherwise. So, I'm pretty close to finishing that catalog. It ends at the end of the month. Then there's also a pachinko machine in, in the game itself. And in this season... There's a couple of titles that are like, you can only get it this season, and it's like a one in a thousand chance. So they've bloody hooked me with this pachinko machine crap, right? Like every day, I'm like, I gotta go do that pachinko machine because it only costs 5,000 coins. Um, and man, I've like got all the weapons now. I've unlocked all the weapons. Can you, can you only do it once a day or something? No, no, no. Pachinko machine. It's 5,000 for the first roll, and then 30,000 for the second roll. 30,000 is quite a bit. Okay. So 5,000 is like, definitely like a no brainer. Um, but now that it's the Splatfest, like the prep for the Splatfest, you can pick your team. Maybe I'll... Yeah, so it's Pokemon theme, so it's fire, um, grass, or water. What do you think I picked? I reckon you went with water. Yes, Squirtle Gang for Life. Yes, definitely. Squirtle, Squirtle. I want to see the squirt. Um, so... <laughs> so... If you, if you play it at the moment as well, you get these, like, extra coins to do the Pachinko machine. So it's, like, it makes me want to play it even more <laughs> at the moment because I'm like, damn, I want to try to get these, like, really rare titles. It's, it's such a good game, man. It's far out, man. It, uh, like, you know you asked me earlier, it's like, would there be Game of the Year for me? Well, it, a Game of like, the Year contender, contender. Like, it, it's kind of getting up there to, like, a Rocket League territory for me. Like, it's just such a good game. They actually have improved the connection issues. I do have a lot less connection issues, to be fair to them. Mm. It does feel like they're balancing out somehow the matchmaking. Because sometimes you get these, like, teams of full Japanese players in casual. And they just, like, stomp. Like, completely stomp you. It's, like, insane. They're all, like, coordinated and shit. Um, That's not happening as much. Uh, And I fucking still haven't been able to beat... The, the like in the PVE mode the horde mode there's like a mega boss at the end of it I still haven't been able to beat the fucking boss it's, it is actually legitimately hard though is that because the teammates haven't been that great and you need to communicate quite What's, honestly is... I don't think I'm pulling quite my weight number one like okay because I had to actually watch some YouTube videos on how to beat this freaking thing and the strategies and stuff right but I think there's always like one teammate that's not quite got it fully down pat and it's pretty much you can't beat it unless everyone's like really pulling their weight. Like most people, when they beat it, it's like with one second to go or two seconds to go. So it's pretty aggressive. Um, the other one is I'm so freaking happy I finished Picross S2. It was like 50 hours. Nice. I actually, the, I these like, combination shit. of games, this Splatoon 3 and Picross, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to go and almost like 
create all the episode run sheets up until the end of the year and just hard code those games yeah, gives you a yeah, name that's for every single call. week that's a good call so I finished S2 thank god so I've got S1 S2 finished S8's out so there's another 6 there from the S series but then there's all these spin-off Picross versions so I bought one of them for some reason really cheap Lord of oh. Nazarick Oh, yes, a noted anime fan, Intergod, gets the anime Picross. <laughs> and, dude, it's so annoying. I can't skip these damn cutscenes and stuff. I'm like, I just want to goddamn play Picross. So the other thing about Picross is that there's different modes to Picross now. It's quite clever what they've done with it. Like, I have to say, Picross is one of the rare puzzle games that they've done variants that are really strong. If I think about Tetris, the Tetris variants, to me, never really click. And they're always be like, like I'm, I just give me OG Tetris. Hmm. Whereas the Picross ones, you know, like 3D Picross is freaking awesome. Like it's yeah. so bad. There's only two of those games. It, they're amazing. Like give me a goddamn and, 3D Picross on the Switch. And, and both 3D Picross games are very different from each other as well. Yes. Because no, the second one introduced the colors, the color matching, which and is hard as hell. That's what I was gonna say. Like with the S series, they up to this point they've had Mega Picross, so it's like multiple columns and rows to do the blocks but with this Picross in Lord of Nazarick it has colour Picross which I'd never really played in the 2D version and I'm like doing it I'm like oh my god I gotta like rewire my brain to yeah. like play this it, it's I love it man it's like my favourite puzzle game um, so I look forward to two weeks time when you start talking about <laughs> Hatsune Miku Picross uh, which I think they just put out on Steam well I'm also playing the Game Boy Picross so on the, on the analog pocket. Um, I was also playing Bayonetta 3, although I didn't realise that my run time to be able to play this is so short, because normally games come out in Australia on Friday, right? Hmm. I didn't realise God of War Ragnarok is coming out Wednesday. So I was like, oh, shit. And I, yeah, I'm totally not going to be able to beat Bayonetta before getting onto Ragnarok. But, I mean, do you have to play Ragnarok the day it comes out? Of course. What am I, lame? It's like the self-imposed <laughs> challenge right there. You're like well, me. Dude, I've been going like this. Oh, I'm starting to play Mario Rabbids. <laughs> Drop it. Bayonetta. I started playing Bayonetta. Drop it. <laughs> then I've got to pick up Ragnarok. I think I will just stick with Ragnarok. But I think it, what it means is I don't think I'll pick up stuff like Callisto Protocol. Because it's like, I've got so much stuff to go back and play. Um, but Bayonetta 3, man, that's such a cool game. Like... Astral Chain I'm a big fan of Nier Automata I need to go back to but um it's just such a kooky fucking over the top game it's quite funny like and that's not really my style like that over the top anime gargantuan kind of shit but it's pretty funny the way they do it and it's just I don't know I saw some people complaining that the story doesn't carry over and there's not enough focus on the story I'm like I, I don't think it's like meant to be taken too seriously like mm. my vibe from it I'm like when they got like bizarro characters whales and you're riding on cruise ships like a surfboard and so I'm like really do they really care about the story in this series I'm not so sure I mean look maybe big fans that have have played through the first two ridges religiously maybe but yeah I, I know what you're saying but I think it's like Kingdom Hearts where it's like it's almost like a, just a reason to put bullshit in and have fun and like have ridiculous stuff I think people who try to decode it all are like I'm sure the people who put it together are just like oh we just smash some stuff together and make some bullshit up like whatever um, speaking of which I read I started reading and then actually finished uh, uh, Cliffy B Cliff uh, what is it Blazinski's 
New book. Blazinski, yes. Blazinski's uh, new book, Control Freak. So it's his autobiography. It's kind of interesting because he was even saying, because I pretty much read any video game book that comes out, right? And it it made me laugh because I'm like, why are there not more of these books? And he was going, look, I'm doing this book. I know I'm not going to make any money doing this book. It's literally like just a sort of vanity, interesting project for him. Like that's what he mm. said openly. Now, I knew nothing about the guy really... Well, not too much about the guy outside of, like, Gears and a little bit about Unreal. Um, but, man, I started reading this book, and I'll make sure it's, like, PG-13 how I describe it. It's like this book. The start of this book is... You know, and it happens a lot in autobiographies. People talk about their upbringing, and it's kind of, like, ah, boring. Just get into the fun stuff, right? Hmm. But he starts talking about his dad dying when he's in his teenage years, and it's, like, pretty heavy, and I've got, like, boys and stuff... And I've got a good relationship with them. And I'm like, oh, this is like super heavy, man. <laughs> like I was thinking, what if I died? Like when they're like, you know, 15 and stuff. I'm like, holy shit. I better get my health together or something like that, right? Mm. Then he starts talking about getting like molested. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like it just get really dark and heavy <laughs> for the first, like honestly quarter of the book, right? Like effectively kind of his mum abandoned him at some point. Well, what's the name of the book again? Control Freak. Okay. Control. It just came out. It just came fish, out. Fish. Okay. And, you know, it's quite interesting to see... Like, you see this whole thread through the book, and he he has said this in interviews, that it's almost like a therapy session going through this. Like, mm-hmm. when he went through the whole book, there's even times where he's kind of reflecting through the book and then, like, after a paragraph. Like, he, he does certain things, right? Like, he was talking about how John Romero started a company, like, went away from id, and then his company failed. Dakatana was a failure, you know, all this kind of stuff, which is quite interesting because the whole pattern with John Romero, Cliffy B almost replicated exactly. Like, left, started his own company, started getting... Because he was one of the Gamergate people who was, like, really, you know, aggressive about stuff to the mm-hmm. gaming audience. And he was like, ah, Xbox fans are annoying and all this stuff. And a lot of people turned on him. Very similar to John Romero. And then his Lawbreaker game just was a total flop. Mm. Um, very similar to John Romero again. And he was actually yep. saying how he he enjoyed that John Romero failed at the time. He was like, oh, that's great. This guy's failed. Because like, he felt he was a competitor. And then in the, in the writing itself, he's like, man, when I look back at it, I think, what a jerk I was. Like, what the hell was wrong with me? Why would I think like that? So it's just, I don't know, it's really like, it felt like you're reading his diary in a way. It was just, it was pretty personal, the way he structured the whole thing. Yeah, I'm glad. So does he go much into the whole um, Lawbreaker stuff? Because I know back then that was like, that was his big kind of like big bet that fell through, obviously. And yeah, like the fact, and that radical height, does he talk about radical heights? Yes. That's, that one is crazy, like that whole Radical Heights thing was just like I think it got shut down like within a week or something ridiculous like that it was like within a such short it wasn't of time that frame, quick but yeah it was like it was at the time it was like wow that didn't last long and yeah. that, that'd be interesting to read actually he did and like you know just going all the way back he went into like how he got into games itself um I actually didn't know he was behind Jazz Jackrabbit so I didn't actually know that. Like, that was his idea and everything like that. So it was kind of cool learning that, because I remember that game when I was a little kid, right? And the thing is, I think he's a bit older than us, but not too much older. And it's so crazy, like, listening to the stories and what influenced him and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, that resonates with me. 
you know, he's talking about Metal Gear Solid, how influential that was to him, and just all these other games as they pop up and stuff. It's just like, oh, shit, man. That's, mm. I totally felt like I understood, like, where he was coming from. Um, he obviously went through all the stuff with Tim Sweeney, Epic. And I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that he'd been at Epic, like, for almost 20 years, man. Mm. So, because he was there really early days. He came straight from high school, um, talking about, like, Unreal, how... And, it, like, what I love about these books is just you hear the stories behind... And, I mean, it's only the people saying it, right? So, you, it's only one version of the story, but you hear the sort of logic of why, for instance, with Unreal Tournament, like, why do they go down that path, right? Rather than stick in the sort of single player and, and how much they were affected by John Carmack, the, you know, the god coder from id. Like, literally, they were, like, breaking his code apart. Like when he was when they released Quake, they're like, in, like looking at the code and intercepting, mm. see what he's doing, like kind of high level figuring it out. Like Tim Sweeney was doing this, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's doing this. Oh, that's really clever. Okay, we'll do this, but we'll do it better. And it's just like it's so interesting how the industry like they ch- copy each other. It's just you see it more recently with the Souls games, right? Yeah, like it's like they almost co- like I, I almost wonder they're probably copying it almost to the frame and then going, oh, well, we need to tweak it a bit because otherwise it's going to be like plagiarism. Um, so yeah, they go through that and then Gears. It was quite interesting. Like he, you know, obviously he's definitely the face of Gears. He is pretty. F- I think he's pretty fair in the book. Like he does call out how many other people were influential and essential, like Rob uh, Rod Ferguson guy who used to be from Microsoft and now is at Epic and how much it was like his push on certain things. I think they had a good dynamic where it was like, no, we don't need this. Piss this off. Like, do this. We need that. He was a, like, not Cliffy B. This Rod guy was the one who was like, no, it just needs to be like a, a, a linear campaign. Because originally it was going to be like a hub system where you go into different areas and stuff, which is kind of weird, like having played it. Like, we played that game together in co-op, right? Hmm. Um... But yeah, it was, it's like, I love that kind of stuff, especially like God of War has a special place for me because it kind of got me back into playing games. If you remember, like I, I, I think I saw it at one of our mates house, like actually Joe Judge, right? Hmm. And um, I think he was the one who had God of War and I was like watching it. I'm like, Gears of War. Gears of War, sorry. <coughs> and um, I was like seeing Gears of War. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like this looks so cool, right? Yeah, at the time it was um, the 360 come out, and nothing I'd seen that had said to me next generation until I saw Gears of War. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like I feel like for this generation, there's been nothing that's come out that you go, okay, sh-. like the biggest, the closest thing is that Matrix uh, demo that they mm. did. That still looks insane. That looks way better than anything else on the console, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, just going back to the book quickly just to round it out a little bit before, you know, if you have any questions, but um, the, there's like really funny things because you could almost argue, almost the most famous thing he is like noted for, you could argue, is that he was the one who announced Fortnite for Epic. <laughs> I'm like, that's so weird to think the public learnt about Fortnite, which is like now, it would be the top 10 games of all time in terms of, you know, popularity, notoriety, money, all this kind of stuff. That he was the one, the first person to announce it to the public. It's so strange, like, when you think about it. And he was, like, pushing it a lot internally, but totally different version to what it is now. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, he does cover the whole Lawbreaker stuff, which is, like, 
he's fair about it. I actually went back to watch a lot of the gameplay trailers and the setting and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, it seems perfectly fine, the game. It's just, mm. he's launched a game straight after Overwatch that is so similar to Overwatch, and Overwatch is just so much more feature complete. Well, you had a whole graveyard of games that were left in the wake of Overwatch's launch. You know, Battleborn yep. and, yeah, and yeah. all these games and Paragon, which, you know, is getting rebooted yep. now. But, like, the games that some of them ventured more into the MOBA territory, some of them were more the hero shooter like the Overwatch, but just nothing at that time survived Overwatch. It was just, like, yep. had no chance. No, no chance. exactly. So, and... I, I look at it and I'm like, oh, it doesn't look too bad. It's just, yeah, like you're saying. I think I, if if they did the... They were actually going to do free-to-play and then they didn't and they switched to like $30. I, like, it's like, I mm. liked they had like an anti-gravity kind yes. of gameplay mechanic, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I just looked it up. So Radical Heights, which was like the last game, that was shut down a month after. Yeah, month. So, uh, yeah. interesting. The way he yeah. describes it, it doesn't sound like he's saying it's a month. Because I, I knew it was short, but he never, I don't think he really... If he does mention it, it's very briefly. Mm. And he was sort of saying... It, it's it's quite crazy how open he is about it. He goes... Like, and how brutal he is about PUBG. So, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. He, so, his game came out, then PUBG came out. And he's like, this game looks shit. It looks fucking... Like, this is what he writes in the book. I'm like, this is brutal, man. He's like, this game looks horrible. It looks like a game that's from, like, 10 years ago. And he's like, it looks like trash. The engine's trash. It has all these bugs and stuff. And it's kind of, like, I think it's super reductive. He actually is like, oh, you know, the only reason why people like this is because it's viral and it's, like, it, it's just janky. And he's like, oh, let's go make a janky game like this if this is what people like. And that's where Radical... Literally, that's where he's, like, hmm. Radical Eyes came from. It was a, you look at law, uh, Lawbreakers and you look at Radical Eyes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can 100 Yeah, and I'm that. like... I think that's insane. I think, like, the whole thing with PlayerUnknown's Battleground, although there were a couple of games that had, like, elimination modes, it wasn't as strong as the concept of, like, and the the framing of, like, there's 100 people on an island and it's down to, like, one person to win, right? Like, hmm. it wasn't, like, because I'd played elimination mode things in, like, Quake 2, but it... it it did, like I said, it didn't have the whole framing around it as as strong. So I think it was super reductive about why PUBG was popular and why it wasn't. I'm like, it wasn't popular because it's janky. There's a lot of janky games. That's not why it's popular. Um, and he doesn't really talk about pu Fortnite, like the battle royale version, which I thought was also interesting. It feels, I don't know, it feels like he's a little bit bitter about it. He well, also he makes this minor comment. Sorry, he makes this minor comment where he's like. He's got a photo of him and Tim, Tim Sweeney. And he's like, oh, how? who would have known that one of these guys is a multi-millionaire and the other guy's a multi-billionaire? <laughs> right? And it's just, I don't know, he kind of mentions shit about Tim Sweeney all through the book in a, in a like, complimentary way, ultimately. But then also there's this, this laced kind of like, ah, you know, this guy, he's got so far ahead, it's kind of BS, you know? Well, I was thinking you're saying about, he doesn't say that much about Fortnite, like... He probably has a lot of friends yeah. that worked on bringing that game to that battle royale format. So yeah, for sure, it's so it's yeah. I, I imagine he's probably just like just keeping a bit on the down low on that, you know, regardless of his feelings, because you know he knows a lot of those people. So. Yeah, maybe he he also mentions Kojima in the book. So he looked up to Kojima so much, and um, 
after Lawbreakers, he went on a holiday to Japan and he, you know, reached out to Kojima and he's like, hey, you know, do you want to catch up? I'll take you out to dinner or something. And he was all like down about the game failing. And Kojima was like crazy. He was like, no, 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 no. This is like fucked. You can't act like this. Like, and then he, he had a passage where he said, Kojima was just like, no, no, you're wrong. And he just st- stared at him. And he was like, he stared at me for an uncomfortable, more than an uncomfortable amount of time, staring at me until I was like, okay, <laughs> right? And then he's like, no, no, you got to understand. You've left the studio. You started your own studio. You made a polished game and you published it. So few people do that. You're brave. Like, that's actually an amazing thing that you did. I'm like... I can understand why everyone loves Kojima in the industry. It's like, that gets to know him. He just seems like a really cool, chill guy. Mm. Now, he doesn't talk about anything like... You know, there's reports that Kojima was trying to get Cliffy B to get involved in, like, either Metal Gear or something with him Mm. or his new studio. doesn't speak about that at all. By the way, we'll be talking a lot about Kojima in our new segment, so I just wanted to mention that. Nice little hook there, right? But, uh... But yeah, I just wanted to sort of say the book says nothing outside of just the dinner and how nice Kojima was to him and stuff. But it's a good cool. book. Like, I'd probably say four out of five for me. Like, I think ultimately Cliffy B's an interesting guy, but he's sort of, you know, like, what, like, outside of Gears of War, he, like, I don't know. It's maybe a bit harsh because he did a lot with Unreal and that was quite influential. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the really classic things that I think of when I think of Unreal Tournament, even though I didn't play it that much. Uh, like him you know like the announcer and all that kind of stuff like that was him like for like fighting for that stuff to be in the if, game so if he was responsible for the flat cannon in the original unreal tournament then uh he's, i don't he's know got my about vote. that i don't know about that i don't <laughs> know but if if he is then uh or whoever did that they they have my credit for life, <laughs> i love that weapon yeah so that's uh that's that book so i read it pretty quickly it was it was decent it was decent cool Alright, anything else you've been playing or that's that's it? No, that's a lot. That's a lot for me. <laughs> well, talking about a lot, I have played a lot of bloody video games this week. Bloody um, video games. Specifically, a very certain type of video games. So, one of my gaming resolutions was the PlayStation Pile of Shame, where yes. I wanted to complete 13 PlayStation console exclusive games... So, you know, games that are generally published by Sony. There's a few that aren't, that just never made it to other, platform, other consoles and whatever. And I'd completed, um, I completed eight games up until this week. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go hard in the paint. I'm going to go hard in the PlayStation. And I'm going to bloody complete more games this week. So, can I, can I pause you for a mini second? Yeah. Can you explain what hard in the paint means? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you don't know what it means, do you? No, I'm not that. going. No, that's I'm not awesome. going. That's awesome. I, I'm it. not. No, I'm not going to derail my. No, my you don't know what it means. Thinking, I'm going to call this episode "Hard to Derail." I am not going to derail my. All I know is the Usos talk about it a lot. Okay. Go on, go on. Sorry. So I actually went and played like probably like 15 different games. Because I'm kind of like putting the feelers out. What games do I actually want to play and complete? So I played some Dark Cloud, a game I'd wanted to play for 20 years and I never tried. Oh, by the way, at the top, I should have mentioned, I signed up for one more month of PlayStation Plus because I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of games on there. So and I'll tell you what. You might as well just sign up for a year, seriously. No, no. The thing is like, I'm only signing up when I need it and I've got my money's worth already this, this month. So... 
But Dark Cloud, Fist of the North Star actually own that already. Lost Kingdom, that's by the Yakuza developers. That's really, really cool. Gravity Rush is really, really cool. The remastered version. Loco Roco, which I'd already been playing. Played some Neo, some Demon Souls, some Killzone Shadowfall. By the way, Killzone Shadowfall came out in something like 2014 or something. And that game still looks amazing. Like, Guerrilla Games, holy shit, they're technically so impressive with their games. Um, but I actually completed three games on my list so and a mix of old and new um and some i weren't wasn't expecting to complete but i just got hooked on them so the first was detroit become human so i played through that game okay and it's a game i'd always i'd always wanted to try i've you know i hadn't tried a lot of quantic games or quantic dreams games in like the ps3 and ps4 era and detroit become human looks like the one that appealed to me the most and i really enjoyed it it's really really cool i you could sit there and pick apart the tropes and some of the writing in that, but overall, I was really impressed. And graphically, that game, if you showed me that game for the first time and said that was like a next-gen game, I'd be like, I, I believe it. It still looks, fan- still looks fantastic. And the animations and the mo-capping they do is really, really cool. And just how they weave everything together with the different choices and things, uh, I really enjoyed it. And Did you have any problems separating the artist from the art? No, not really, to be honest, because a lot there's a lot more people than just David Cage that work on that game, on those games. So for um, me, it's and, I just don't really know much about what happens. So oh, it's look, like it, the thing is, like the guy's still working in the industry. You know, at some point, you know, I know that people can can do allegedly bad things or mistreat people and get away with it. But mm. I think that if you know, if by now you think he would be out of the industry if a lot of that stuff really was was the case. But anyway. Detroit Become Human, really, really enjoyed it. And the next game I jumped onto, I actually played through Ape Escape, the whole <laughs> game. That's awesome. Even even running the crappy emulated PS Plus, PS1 version, I still play through the game because I'd only ever played that game for like five minutes back when it came out. Um, my first ever time, you know, trying the Dual Shock with the Dual Analogs. And it was like revolutionary, absolutely revolutionary. And that game, still, there's so many cool ideas in that game, but it is a little tough to go back to, control-wise. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the emulation, but there's times when it feels like you're just like wallowing through the mire, and your controls like it feels really laggy and stuff. But that's that's the emulation, man. Yeah, but I mean, there's other control issues I have with the game. But overall, sure. I really enjoyed it. Um, really, really cool. Um, you know, it's yeah, just a really fun platformer with some really cool ideas. There's a specific like RC race car thing where you control, you put down the race car, and then you control the race car with the right analog, and you control your character with the left, and you control them independently at the same time. Kind of like Brothers, you know, the the um, Joseph Farris Joseph Farris game is that? Yeah, Farris. Yeah, Farris. Yeah. Ferris, yeah. Um, and then I actually played Jack and Daxter, the very first Jack and Sta- <laughs> Daxter. So I tried it out not knowing if I'd stick with it because I think all the Jack games are, are on PS Plus. And that's a PlayStation 2 game that I'd never, ever tried. And, you know, that's it's a Naughty Dog game. Um, you know, it's the series they were doing before they jumped into Uncharted. And I... I honestly think the the Jack, I can't talk on number two and three, but that game really holds up. Like, mm. really, really cool. It's really weird, though. So, by default, the camera controls, the I think it's horizontal or whatever. They, this, 
it's inverted right and there's no option to change it but there's like a oh, weird really? secret option in the menu to change it that i found on like game faqs or something and i'm like wow that is weird Ooh, and i think it was at i think it was added in because that was the ps4 release so they added like a secret way to do it even though it's a ps2 game but... oh yeah that's yeah because this is this is like the re-release on the yep. ps4 that then yep. is ps2 game yep so fucking bullshit man so play through so playing a lot of playstation games and um so now i've got two games left on my resolution so i'm i don't Wait, know we don't like, even know what your resolution it's just games right any playstation console exclusive i said it can i game. can i suggest that we play last of us because well, I, I don't know i don't know because I'm, I'm more interested in playing some of the other games i'm playing to be honest so <laughs> It's like, just because the show's coming out as well, so I want to I, I want to be free to watch the show. Um, I mean, you can play it. Let's, let's, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you, benevolent dictator. Well, thank yes. you, sir. Shit. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping oh, you. But actually, I'm so glad that we have a show together to be communal. I, and... But to be honest, like it's I'm there's other games that I'm just more like intrigued by, and for instance, like Neo. Neo is really cool. What I played I so far. Don't so. disagree. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But Neo, and it's weird, like, the version on PS Plus of Neo isn't the remastered version, but it still runs at 60, so I'm like, okay, I'll just play it anyway, whatever. Uh, doesn't worry me. But yeah, so, a lot of PlayStation games. But um, that's not the only thing I played this week. I also played some Game Pass games, so I'll quickly get through some of these. Played some of Metal Hellsinger. That came out a few weeks ago, um, or like two months ago or something. So that's the game that's basically Doom... 2016 if you made it a rhythm game and you know it's actually really really cool like they've got some really cool artists on there so basically you shoot to the beat and as you you know increase your multiplier then it gets you more abilities and you can start like just wrecking enemies and stuff and it's got like uh randy Blythe from lamb of god on some of the vocal tracks it's got they love the dark tranquility singer because he's on heaps of them and search tank him from system of down and stuff like that so really really cool but honestly, after I played about an hour of it, I kind of felt like I'd had my fill. Um, I don't know if I'd want to sit there playing that for more than that. But uh, it seemed neat. Cool idea. So, Also tried out a new game that was added this week that I had no idea what it was. And I just jumped into it blind called The Legend of Tian Ding. Not sure how you say that, but it's based on a Taiwanese folklore character. And it's actually really interesting. So I started off and there's like heaps of cutscenes um and i'm like oh man just get i just want to see what the gameplay's like and when i got to the gameplay i was actually really surprised it's basically if you took like a um it's like an action platformer but it's got like some mark of the ninja style combat abilities and traversal abilities yeah legend of Tianjin. it's really really interesting i don't know how much i'll play of it but like it surprised me to say the least so to our chinese overlords i uh fully uh, support that Ch Taiwan's not a country and Swinney's out by himself if you want to abduct him yeah you, you speak for you speak for on behalf of yourself um, yeah no, but... you speak on behalf of yourself saying Taiwan's a country <laughs> the last game and the game that I'm not going to talk too much about but I did play a lot of it because Mike's not here and it is a Mike game if there's ever a Mike game um, is Ghost Song so that's probably that was the biggest game pass kind of edition of the week the one that had, you know, had quite a bit of buzz. 
it's basically Ghost Song is a Metroidvania Souls like. Like, literally, the Kickstarter of Ghost Song said, Oh, the game is inspired by the gameplay of Super Metroid and Dark Souls. That's oh, literally cool. what the Kickstarter said. Yeah. And so it it is literally that. But it's also got its own cool, unique mechanics. So I will wait till Mike's back on the show because he was super pumped to try it. But I played that for, I don't know, about three hours, got quite far quite far into it, and I'll definitely go back to it. It's really, really cool. So, so yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, lots of games, lots of PlayStation games, lots of Game Pass games, 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 games. And you know what? It's time to talk about some gaming news. Yes. So the PlayStation VR 2. So Sony revealed some massive info about the upcoming PSVR 2, including the launch date, price, and games lineup. So it will launch on the 22nd of February next year, with pre-orders opening on the 15th of November, so you know, in a little bit. It's priced at 550 USD and 880 Australian dollars, and the bundle that comes with Horizon Call of the Mountain is $960 Australian. The, the basic bundle will include the headset, obviously the PSVR 2 Sense controllers and stereo headphones, and a separate controller charging station will be sold for 50 USD and 80 Australian, but you can obviously plug the controllers into the PlayStation to charge it that way as well. So... So, Intergots, before we get into some of the game stuff they talked about as well, what what's your thoughts on the price, the date, everything else in between? Yeah, I was talking to the, the peeps, the folks in our Discord about it. I think it's not, like, shocking in the way of you go, okay, you look at all the technology that they've put into the system, all these kind of other things. But when you first hear, and just, like, the US prices, because it's more universal... You go, okay, the PS5 is pretty expensive already. And then you go, this accessory. It's an accessory. You have to have a PS5 for this to work. This accessory to the PS5 is... The PS5's cost and more. It's... I, I, I honestly just do not understand the logic. I don't understand. Like, And I'm coming from both a business sense and also just a consumer sense. Like, I am a borderline casual hardcore person. I don't think I'm a hardcore gamer, but I'm also, I don't think I could say I'm a casual gamer. Do you know, uh, do you think that's fair? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. And I will not be getting one of these. There's no freaking way. Like, and I'm not saying it's not value for money or anything like that, but it's just like, it's kind of farcical how expensive it is for me personally. And... It would have been designed like that. They would have like had a price point in mind. This is how these things get built. It's like, this is the, the, the cost that we're trying to target. So let's build it to that, to what it makes sense. And I just don't understand the logic. I still feel like, you know, the market really wanted it to be like 400 US dollars, not 550, right? And we were chatting before, right? Like last week we were like, ah, oh, you know, we think it's going to be like, the PlayStation now is like around 800 Australian dollars. We're like, it's probably going to be like 700 Australian dollars. I think I said, or 650 or something like that. The fact that it's like, and, and by the way, just quickly on the exchange rate stuff, they, this is under market price hmm. in Australia. Like, I feel like they even realize that they are more, they'll take a bit of a loss on it in Australia. Cause otherwise, if you translate just the numbers into real money with GST, it's like more like nine, 
hundred and something, nine hundred and fifty. I think it should have been in Australia. Imagine if it was like nine hundred, like you go into EB Games nine fifty for an accessory. It's just farcical, man. It's it's. I don't get it. I don't understand what these people are doing with the VR stuff. It's like it's a super niche product. Now they're making it ultra niche prices. Like, and they're not going to get people on board. And then why would you build VR games if you're a dev? You need to have a lot of people on board. Well, they're not expecting niche sales from this. I can't remember what they're anticipating, but it wasn't small. Um, I don't see it. I My question <sighs> to you, would you have rather them stripped some of the fancy features from the yeah. headset to sell at the lower price? 100%. And what would you potentially lose out of that? You know, Is there I, anything... Yeah, I think I think the first thing is like all the bloody over the top haptic stuff that they have. Like I get that that's I don't know how much that costs, but I figure that that costs a bit because they've got the DualSense stuff. You know, the it's like you know Nintendo had HD Rumble or whatever. They got like what what do they call it? I've forgotten the name of the marketing term for it, but like a really over the top Rumble with it. Like that's gonna cost a fortune. You well, they call the crap. controllers the sense control, so I guess sense yeah. is the general term there. Yeah, well, sense rumble or whatever it's called. Um, and like that's the first thing. I don't think you need as ultra high def of a screen. I, I I was just hoping that they'll do something like a bit like the Oculus Go. And for me as well, like what I don't understand is with the Oculus Go. Uh, sorry, the Oculus Quest Two or the Meta Quest Two as it's fucking called now. With the Meta Quest Two, it's got everything in it no wires right so it's all like the process is in there like all this shit's in there and even then it's 650 Australian and I've got one sitting right over there it's fine it's like that's all I was expecting and I'm like with the PlayStation 5 and PSVR 2 you've got a cable so you've got the power of the PS5 to power it so sure like I remember when you remember when I was talking about it I'm like they surely can get a similar price point if they really wanted to to the MetaQuest 2. So that would have been like, you know, 500 Australian dollars. Which I would have been... Like, if it was 500, I'd get it. There's no way I'm getting it. There's no fucking way I'm getting it. It's never going to go on sale enough to make it, like, worthwhile getting it. So, question number two. Mm. If are, this... are you going to get it, by the way? Because you didn't answer. No, oh, I'll get to it in a second. I'll just, oh, I just... Oh, I, oh, I, I want to kind of just close off this loop okay. with, with questioning you. Um, <laughs> this inter- VR, PSVR interrogation segment. Yes. If it was relatively easy, or officially for some weird reason, you were able to use this as a headset for PC VCR, uh, VR, would that change your mind about the price point? No. No. Even when you compare it to some of the higher-end PC VR headsets? I, like, I think it's comparable, but I, w- I haven't bought them either. And there's a reason, because I think they're too expensive. It's too niche. It's, okay. Like, where I get to is... I can stomach... I paid like 50 Australian dollars to buy Resident Evil 4, right? VR. And that's like a lot. Like you can buy Resident Evil 4 for like $10 on sale, right? On Steam and shit like that, right? But I'm like, it's an experience. It's cool. And I I'm, I do actually want to support cool stuff. But again, with PSVR 2, it's like 880 Australian. Uh, how many games am I going to play on it that are specifically for it? Because also, there's no back catalogue. There's no fucking back catalogue. So... Am I going to play like 10 games through the life of it? It's a lot of money per game. <laughs> you know, it's like hundreds of dollars per game. It's like Neo Geo prices. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a hard pass for me. It's like, it's too much. It's like, man, PlayStation 5 is expensive. Like, 
that's already expensive. Like, it's kind of farcical how expensive this goddamn thing is. So... Yeah, and look, I think you hit on probably the biggest issue for me is the backwards compatibility and the library because you you get a fancy peripheral, you're going to need stuff to use with it, you know? It's like the Super Scope on the Super Nintendo. That yeah. thing was actually pretty cool, but it just didn't have any games that were really that great to use on, you know? So even if you had one, you got bored of it because the games were pretty shitty. Yeah. Now, for me, if they turn around and they announce at some point, even, you know, post-launch, that Half-Life Alex is coming to PlayStation 2, uh, PlayStation VR 2, right? To me, that is an example of some time where I'll go, hmm, maybe i start weighing up if that's worth it, because the idea, I don't have a current PC VR headset, and the only way you can literally play that game is in VR. So that would be... And I'm much more likely to use it. I'm a console gamer at heart, right? And I'm much more likely to use something that's plug and play in a console as I as I am PC. But that price point is super ridiculous. Like, there's times when I say to myself, like, should I have gotten a PS5 for the price that I, you know, for the yeah. launch price that we got them because it's a lot of fucking it's, money. Yeah, I agree. Right? I totally agree. And there's times I'm like, I'm using. I've used it a lot this week, but like I'm saying, like a month ago when I'm not using it that much, I'm like, man. Like, should I have waited until potentially there's a slim or something like that? And, and can I just say, this, this means I want to say something. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm Kanye. <laughs> um, like, to add to that, you don't have a PlayStation 4. So you're thinking this, going, this is basically a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 5. Yeah. And you're still debating it. Now, <laughs> PSVR 2, as you just said, it's going to launch with X amount of games. We'll talk about that in a second, but no back catalogue. Like... Hmm. the fuck are they doing it's so strange can I ask really quickly where did we get the confirmed price of the PSVR 2 uh press start now I rounded it up to nearest dollar I don't know I if they've I don't know if they've got it right man oh well then uh, then I'm happy to be corrected I can't that was on press find start. any because press start to be fair are pretty like bad with getting the details accurately like um, there's many times where they've published stuff and they're like, oh, oops, we've made a mistake. Um, I'm trying to get it verified through another source, but I can't find it anywhere. Uh, here we go. Okay, the Australian PlayStation VR price has been revealed. PlayStation Australia has revealed that the price will be ah, 80. Okay. That, that's according to press start. So. Okay, so they got it directly from PlayStation Australia. Yeah. Because the direct comparison is like 550 to 850 Australian dollars. Like, in terms of pure, you know, FX conversion, and then we have 10% GST that's applied to all goods in Australia, bringing it up to, like, 935, so they've taken a bit of a bath on it, as yeah, they did with DualSense Edge. It's literally $879.95, yeah. so $880. Yeah, $880, um, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, and you are saying, yeah, like, you were debating about the PS5, if that's... If you should have waited for the slim version or something. Well, yeah, it's just more like... So this is doubly so, simply because, again, the library. Now, I I was pretty high when I saw Call of the Mountain when I, when I saw it. I know mm. you guys weren't as high as me. So there's definitely some stuff there, but that's what I'm saying. Something like Half-Life Alex, a killer app. Yeah. I mean, it needs a killer app. Like, I, I'll sell it to you. Like, I don't know if Valve would be up for this. It doesn't feel like Valve really cares about their games, to be frank. It's like... They just kind of do whatever, but you know, if I'm Sony, I go to Valve. Look, Meta, ourselves, yourselves are the biggest proponents of VR. It's a bit of an ecosystem. We need to push this forward, right? Hmm. 
what we'd love to do is have like Half-Life Alex, and can we do a special mission or something a little bit extra? You know, we'll get the people back anyway who've played Alex on other on Steam, right? Because it's like a different format, and then also with you know the the dual sense features of the controllers and stuff, right? A lot of people who are like into this shit will buy it again just because they're like, oh, I want to play it on like and re-experience it. I totally agree. I think that to me would have been like on the hit list, the number one thing to be. We've got to try to get this on launch, like yeah. as part of the, like that and Horizon. You go as a launch lineup. That's pretty strong. Like I feel like it starts to overcome stuff. It to me is super obvious they don't have anything like that. Yeah, and that is reflected in the games that all quickly mentioned. So they announced some new games um, that will be coming in 2023. Now, um, some of these will be at launch. Some I'm not sure. We don't know. But, yeah, they said that there will be more than 20 titles at launch, so this isn't all of the ones that will be available then, but not including Horizon Call of the Mountain, a lot of these games are... Some of them are brand-new announcements, some are ones that have been on other VR platforms before, some have been around for ages, mm. some are, like, upgraded versions and things like that. So we've got uh, the Dark Pictures uh, Switchback VR, so that's a new entry in the horror anthology from Supermassive Games. We've got Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, which... It's weird, like that game has been around for Fair ages. Enough. So it's like yeah. part one and part two. There's a, a Crossfire <laughs> VR game. So you, if you remember Crossfire X, that, oh yeah, that, that's smash hit. Yeah, <laughs> now in VR, Smilegate. But look, I mean those games. Look, shooting galleries, or you're always going to have shooting galleries in VR. So sure. it is what it is. Um, the Light Brigade, which is roguelike Funktronic Labs. You got um, Cities VR, so that's you know the City Builder City series that's uh, coming from Fast Travel Games. Um, interestingly, a game that I actually think looks cool, Cosmonius High. So that's from the Job Simulator developers. Yes, that um, might be our, good. Yeah, Alchemy Games, yeah. Uh, a Hello Neighbor VR game, Search and Rescue from Tiny Build, a game called Pistol Whip VR, which I think has been around before, um, an action rhythm game, uh, Zenith: The Last City, which I'm I think is an upgraded version of a PSVR one game. I think they said you get you get a free upgrade with that one. I was reading in the article with for that, and that and I'll get to there's two more, but I'll, I'll come back to that point in a second. Um, after the fall, which is a cop shooter from Vertigo Games, and Tentic- Tentacular, which is like a Kraken simulator, which actually looks pretty cool from Fire Punched. Now going back to that whole upgrade path, there isn't a lot of people saying that look, there's likely going to be a lot of a lot of the studios because you know like the PSVR 1 your the sales decline on those games mm. obviously you know it's at that tail end so they're going to want to get more people to buy these games so they're probably going to put in the extra work to port and, yeah. and do that for make it for available yeah. yeah so you while we say that there's no backwards compatibility there will be a lot of developers and publishers that will put in the work to do it but it's obviously not a given um, and it's not a given that you we'll get that upgrade for free, like the um, Zenith one. You know, there's a good chance you might need to rebuy something because I'll add new content and things. But look, I'm glad that they announced some games, but there's nothing in that outside of maybe Dark Pictures because that series is very popular. There's nothing in that list that makes me go, that's going to turn heads, um, which is a shame. Like, I, I think that if, it feels like if there was any big hitters, they would have announced it in the, alongside the price and the launch date, you know? And do you think that... Do you think with the PSVR 1 to PSVR 2... Now, like, Sony are pretty dicey on backwards compatibility, as we know, right? And look at, like, the P3 
PS1, PS2 games on the PS5. It's fucking embarrassing, to be frank. And the way they launched it, all this kind of stuff. Such obvious shit, right? Do you think they do they just put their hands up? Or do you think it's actually like there's something with the contracts or like because it's not just like you know, because older games, they've had to renegotiate bringing them so that you could still keep playing them. I know Microsoft's done a lot of effort to make it so that games that were released on the Xbox can still be played today because the licensing was only for the Xbox distribution. It's not like an Xbox in 10 years, 15 years time, you can play these games, right? Do you think that there's any element of that where maybe it was like, it was hard linked PSVR 1, so it's like, what's the point of backwards compatibility at that point? Or... Do we think it's more just Sony being shit and backwards compatibility? Look, honestly, as we know Sony's take on on older games and playing older games. It's uh, Jim Ryan's not the biggest fan, and I think that it just not it wasn't the priority for them, which is crazy to me because, like, the amount of people that with those bigger libraries are like, well, I want to upgrade to this new fancy one, but I've got this like maybe twenty games on VR. I can play them with a new headset, so it's it's a crazy strategy to me. But maybe there is a licensing reason, as you're saying, um, because yeah, it's a lot of a lot of people, including us, sometimes make assumptions how easy things are. And yeah. anyone that's worked in any kind of corporate business culture knows that there's always reasons why some shitty decisions are made or there's sometimes reasons why shitty decisions are made and often it's not what you think so maybe that is a reason because the thing that I don't understand is and like I, I look at this and I go okay most popular VS, VR game is Beat Saber by like a country mile yep. it's like always the number one game I think it's still number one game on PSVR oh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a very safe bet you're going to be able to play eventually Beat Saber on PlayStation VR 2. Well, is it? Because they got bought out by Facebook, by Meta. Oh, good point, actually. Good point. So, that was, like, I, you know, I think the general practice is a bit like, oh, if it's already on platforms, we'll support it, we'll continue to support it, right? But, fuck, man, like, now that they've broken the backwards compatibility, like, maybe they won't release it on there. And it's like, the I don't know, this, I, look, I am, I'll go so far as to say PSVR 2 it's going to go the way of the Vita. It's not going to... It's going to die out, man. It's going to be more of a failure than PSVR 1. And PSVR 1 wasn't a failure. I'll take that back in the framing. I think PSVR 1 was, like, a really good start to a new field. And then this, to me, is not the PS2 follow-up. It's almost like a PS3 follow-up, right? It's like, what are they doing? It's so weird to me. It just... I don't get the business sense of it. I don't... I, I really don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I'm a little more optimistic simply because people people pay a lot of money for PlayStation stuff and I don't I don't think it's going to install base they're expecting they do, but yeah. I but I, I'm a little bit more optimistic I'm a little bit more optimistic and and this goes back to one thing I keep on thinking that the next Nintendo is going to be a VR unit or it's going to have like an ability to go into a VR mode really easily and it's not going to sell for like 900 Australian dollars so if that happens in the next like two to three years, that's going to be also funny. Like people are going to go, oh, you can buy this Nintendo for like five hundred dollars, or you can get the PSVR two plus a PlayStation, and like it will 2000. be called the Virtual Boy U. That's what it will be called. Or maybe it could be like Switch VR or something like that. I don't know. I haven't really thought of that. Oh uh, well. Wait, wait. Did, that you, said, you, you ultimately said you wouldn't buy it. You're going to not like, a, not yeah. unless there's a killer app. Um, that intrigues me and Half-Life Alex would probably be that killer app but I'd 
still struggle until they reduce the price a little bit. Like, I, it's a lot of money. It's a yeah, lot of money. I definitely think they need a killer app plus, at that price point, plus official compatibility with, like, PC. Not, like, some hack version bullshit. At that point, if they're pushing into PC, it should be official, right? And then have their own PC VR games on there as well, so. Cool. Oh, next is a story I'm very excited to talk about, although it's one of the most, like, obvious stories ever, which is Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reporting that Eidos Montreal is indeed working on a brand new Deus Ex game. So the studio and the Deus Ex IP were acquired from Square Enix back in May by Embracer Group. And at that... At that time, you know, as you'd expect, Embracer Group said, look, they're looking to release sequels, remakes, remasters, and everything in between. So that's not saying it is no surprise that they're working on a Deus Ex, but I'm really happy to have the announcement because we haven't had a Deus Ex game since 2016. The first Deus Ex game is one of my top three games of all time. At some point, at one point, it was my favorite game of all time. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, So Trier is claiming that the game is in very, very early development. So don't expect for a long time, especially since they just got bought out as well. Maybe it was in pre-production and everything prior to the sale, but who knows. It will be the fifth mainline Deus Ex game. So we had the first one in 2000, Bion Storm, as well as the sequel in 2003, Invisible War, which I didn't like and was quite divisive. And the series essentially died until 2011, which we had the awesome Deus Ex Human Revolution uh, by Idis Montreal. Um, and Mankind Divided, a game I think is really underappreciated, five years later in 2016. So, yeah, look, I'm... It's it's a long way away. Obviously, it could end up being uh, you know being being not that great, but I I don't care. I'm really excited for this news because uh, I love Deus Ex. It's it's kind of interesting if you go. I I see Deus Ex as a very cult classic series, hmm. but it's kind of defied odds, and you get a new game, and it's going to come out in the next say three years, right? So within 25 years, there's five games. Pretty good clip. Like, I could tell you a whole bunch of other series, Metroid, that have not had anywhere near that many games in that span, and they're, like, way higher up the echelon. It's just, I don't know, really odd to me that this game is, like, so culty, never really sells that well. Like, has bad timing, I would argue, sometimes. Like, I, I agree, like... I'd only played Human Revolution, what was it, last year or whatever, and I was like, wow, this is an awesome game, right? So, I, I'm excited. Like, I, you know, I'll definitely get it, like, when it comes out. Like, as long as it's not shit, like a total disaster or something like that. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But we don't know anything beyond, like, obviously it's going to happen, right? No, and look, the good thing is, like, it's still being handled by Artist Montreal, so it's not the case of being handed a new developer, you know, obviously a lot changes in five years and then plus whatever, you know, amount of time until the game comes out, so who knows what the talent's like at the studio, mm. but yeah, it's, uh, as I said, one of my favourite series, it's almost like the perfect mix, like I love stealth games, I love action RPGs, and it's just the whole Blade Runner kind of cyberpunky mm. aesthetic. So they also, uh, Shrey also reported that they're working on a new IP as well. So don't have no idea what that is. But interestingly, they also have a co-development partnership with Microsoft. So they're working on some of their stuff. So they're supporting Fable apparently as well. Which, look, they're a very, very um, st- 
strong studio. So I think if you're going to get anyone to support a you know project, Artist Montreal's very good for that. So yeah, it's true. So I'm uh, just looking at the chronology of Deus Ex. So 2027 was the fall and human revolution. Then like 2029, mankind divided. 2052, Deus Ex. 2072, Invisible War. It'd be good if they went a little bit in the future. Maybe 50 years after 2077, uh, 2027, and 20 like for the original games. So that could be 2077, Man. the year that they base this game. Deus Ex I, I, 2077. What do you think? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's uh, that, that year doesn't have any weight, uh, you know, baggage to it whatsoever. <laughs> no, I'd I'd be happy if they wiped Invisible War War off the face of the canon oh, and put wow. a new game in its place. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that game. Wow, it really had its had its moments, but considering, look, at that time, Deus Ex was my favorite game, and then I played that game and yeah. I didn't like it. It was a big, big disappointment. Can for I me. But, can I say they need to do the Price Is Right rule? So they need to release Deus Ex 2078. One better than 2077. <laughs> now, <laughs> obvious. in a bit of related news that uh, I had it in a big sizzle list, but might as well bring it up now that Embracer Group has also shut down what was called Studio Onima. So that was actually the old Square Enix Montreal studio that worked on, I think they worked on Hitman Go and, and other bunch Which is of really titles. good game. Like, yeah. I hate mobile games, but it's actually a good one. So they've... Yeah, so they've closed that down right not that long after it rebranded. So that's that's, that's what a I was gonna weird. say, right? Like, yeah. I was actually double checking when because the, they have a whole. I actually remember seeing the whole article. Yeah, okay, it was twenty twenty two. They re, like when did they rebrand? How horrible was that? They rebranded. They spent all this time and then they're like, see ya. I know there's a lot going in Montreal and stuff about like. Um, I don't know the full details, but I read it a a little while back about, like, languages and employment laws and stuff. So I wonder if there's something impacting that um, Mm. to do with, like, English and French and things like that. So, But, yeah, New Deus Ex. um, Look, as I said, very straightforward, simple story, but any chance I can talk about Deus Ex, I will talk about Deus Ex. You do. You abuse your privilege as the editor-in-chief. I do. And the host-in-chief. You're taking over the whole fucking thing. I wasn't willingly... (laughs) It's like Mike is so terrible. I mean, he wouldn't even be here. I was actually going to say we need to give Mike another shot, even for a a guest host spot, um, because it it is good value when he hosts. Um, Mm. It just, I think the last time just went so off the rails. But I need a host button where I can move. I can press a button, and (laughs) and we can change the host. It just moves across to you or me. All right, and probably to me the most interesting news of the week we have bunch of headlines coming from Hideo Kojima or Hideo Kojima I should oh, say Hideo Hideo I know well you know it's in like my he mind, didn't learn Japanese no in my mind it's because in uh, the Psychomantis fight it shows up Hideo instead of video uh, is like a weird thing so in my head it's like I've always got that sure there, but... good excuse oh like you dicked me on that other time where you wrote the wrong name in and I said oh, the wrong yeah. name yeah thank yes, you yes yes and um, I was like Ron Burgundy just read whatever I saw all right, Kojima. So Kojima he's son. made he's made a lot of headlines this week. So I kind of bundled everything in together, and the big one is at the end. So I'll cover some of the basics of the the first few ones. So a lot of these headlines come from you know he's got his new podcast, which is very um, good. I've listened to a lot of it. It's really good. Brain called Brain Structure. So you know on that podcast he talked about you know also a lot of this is you know the, there's a translation thing here. So it's just like just. I've quoted it based on what, like, the news sites are talking about. But he claims that he's constantly fielding ridiculously high acquisition bids, and honestly, I can believe it, simply because, you know, it's 
Anchor Gemma Productions, the the reputation. <coughs> yeah. And, you know, Death Stranding was a hit as much as, you know, it wasn't everyone's cup of tea. It was a massive hit. Um, and he, he quoted, um, you know, he wants to make what he wants to make. And that's why he created the studio. As long as I'm alive, I don't think I'll ever accept those offers. So that's a big claim to make forever you know? can I just say like his agent is like yes yes Kojima son keep keep stoking the fire <laughs> like he's like this super hot girl who's just like I don't want to date anyone so then Leonardo DiCaprio is like oh this is the girl for me until you turn 22 and then I have to get rid of you well I always thought it's like it's called Kojima Productions right yeah so you can't really leave the studio because then it's still called Kojima Productions. Like, that would just be weird unless it gets renamed. But then it's like... But it's the IP he creates as well, though. I know. But the Galt... I, I love Kojima. The Galton name studio after himself is just amazing. I love it. But um, that is very honest to himself. He's... <laughs> he's very... Yeah, consistent. He's very now, consistent. Um, this one's a bit of a... Just a thing I threw in because I've, I've seen some people talking about it. But he... he uh, wait, can I just make a brief correction? With Leo, I was wrong. It's 25. He's never dated a girl over 25. Every time his girlfriend's turned 25... Seriously, over since 1999, he's dumped her. Right, get that correction on the record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Very important. He, also, he also clarified... So there were some reports around a cancelled Stadia game. Specifically, there were, some of the reports were saying a follow-up to Death Stranding, which led to a whole lot of people... It's like Chinese whispers around this, right? And basically, he clarified that there was no Death Stranding-related Stadia project that was cancelled, but he didn't outright say that he wasn't working potentially with them on something. I am going to say I'm right about this. I'm going to say I'm right about this. Because when we spoke about this, I said it wouldn't be a sequel. It can't Hmm. be, because that's owned by Hmm. PlayStation, like Sony, right? What I said is, I think people have misinterpreted it, and it's going to be like something like... Death Stranding, but like you know, the similar vein, a stranding game, let's well, say, right? But not what? Death Stranding, but like take advantage of the cloud stuff and be in that kind of space, right? But it wouldn't be like Death Stranding two or like anything like that at all. Yeah. So, so a lot of this came from a lot of people talking about this is that reports were reporting other websites, and the the term follow up got misconstrued into it's a Death sequel. Stranding sequel. Yes, exactly. Now, if anyone knows the term follow-up is used often in a more ambiguous way, like, oh, you know, like, the next Nolan film... Album. The next, yeah, Nolan film was yeah. a follow-up to Tenet. Correct. You know, or whatever, you know. Yeah, so, it's not Tenet um, 2. So you, you can see how that whole, like, you know, thing got there, unfortunately. But, so he clarified that on show, which is good. Now... Hey, can you stop, just pause for a second? Because mm-hmm. uh, hooded, hooded dudes in the chat, hood. Like, it's actually true. It's... Because he's just saying, you know, the next game is going to be Hideo Kojima, Kojima game. It is actually kind of almost interesting that he hasn't made himself the protagonist in a game. Like, I could totally see him doing that. Well, he's, he's modelled himself into plenty of games before, but yeah. as a protagonist, no. That th- be. That was one thing I missed out on the Cliffy B story, because when he was at dinner with him as well, Kojima said oh, can you come to my studio and I'll scan you into the game? Like, I'll, I'll bring you... Cliffy B was meant to be in Death Stranding, right? And he goes, no, 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 I don't want to be in it. People are going to hate me in it, so don't do it. I don't think that would have been awesome if Cliffy B was in Death Stranding. Oh, that's awesome. Now, there's been a bit of news. I originally wasn't going to include this, but there's two pieces of news, so I just did anyway. So, Overdose. So, that's the game that 
has not been officially announced as called overdose, but whatever. There's there's so much much stuff going on. Um, but Koji Kojima Productions basically revealed this week that Deadpool, a uh, Deadpool, Deadpool two actress um, Shuri Kitsuna has joined alongside. Um, I think it was Margaret uh, Quayle. These names, man, I'm getting thrown these names. But Margaret Quayle. So basically, <laughs> this game that is is like basically everyone knows it's called Overdose, but they haven't officially revealed its name yet. But unfortunately, this week there's a whole bunch of potentially leaked footage. Now they claimed the did a DMC Kojima Productions DMC ate it and everything, and it's fe- features Margaret Quayle walking around as basically a survival horror game. And it featured a total overdose in that footage. So mm. that's something that's obviously seems like it's pretty close to announcement. You know, who knows? I didn't... I briefly looked at the footage. I didn't watch it because I don't want to be was, spoiled. No, it was... Look, it was more that I knew the footage was like a really weird, dodgy, like phone recording off another screen thing. So I just wanted to see that aspect to see how dodgy the actual recording was. Do you think it's like he's leaked that or... Well, I mean, they're doing guerrilla marketing for... Like they had a... QR code at packs and stuff mm. like that, which, uh, yeah, so possibly, but it's just weird to me. Like, I, I haven't, I only saw a screenshot and then how it was described in terms of like the recording and what was it, recording mm. of a, a mirror, a laptop, and all this stuff. Yeah, it's weird, and I'm like, yeah. to me, there's a lot of like when artists, when mirrors get involved and like other perspectives, you know, like someone is watching someone record something and it's reflected back, that's such a trope from especially auteur directors mm. and you know I kind of put Kojima more in a director category I just feel like it's got him all written all over it that he's he's done this or something like that just to stoke up the activity before the game awards it feels obvious he'll be at the game awards in person and they're going to announce this game surely yeah I mean so his besties no- with Jeff so uh, at the for now I hope you agree I think we crossed that one as one off as something we can't put in our predictions list yeah we can't that's lame it's too obvious too obvious we have to put points on these predictions and I know you hate doing <laughs> that so that would be like now, one point out of a thousand that's nothing now the last headline and I left this for last because it is to me the most interesting which is about abandoned and blue box uh, studio so this is the whole game basically where there was a conspiracy theory it's a like an indie horror title and there's you know i'm not going to go into the full background but it's yeah, just a weird to our old episode that we have. yeah yeah we've, we've covered enough we've covered and many times. i think we voted as like our favorite small story of year, last year or something. was it but last year i think it was last holy year, shit so. it was probably earlier in the no, year i think but you're right but that's yeah. that's crazy man <laughs> it kind of feels like this year but anyway yeah go on, yeah so but Jesus. I don't believe, um, according to the sites I read, that Kojima's ever officially commented on this whole conspiracy theory that mm. he was the... Per- it's actually Kojima Productions game, right? And it's the whole Moby Dick Studios kind of, like, approach yeah, what yeah. he did for Phantom Pain. So, uh, quote, users just keep sending me pictures of this Hassan. So he's um, the Blue Box founder. And they <laughs> still send me collages and deep fake images, like 20 a day, and it's really quite a nuisance. When we did that Moby Dick thing... Um, you, he's talking to Jeff Keeley on the podcast. You were in on the whole thing. That was pretty fun. But people should know that I wouldn't do the same thing twice, which is so... That is so true. Like, if you look at all the stuff he's done. I've never spoken for Hassan. The game is yet to be released. I don't think there's much he can do or say at this point. But if he releases a game, people might understand. So maybe he should just hurry up and release it. So... <laughs> It's kind of, yeah, it's wild where this is all gone. And we have actually, like, Blue Box Studios tweeted out saying, we want to thank 
him for addressing the conspiracies openly has been a burden and not cool for both fans and developers. We hope everyone could close this for good. So I just want to say that it's been a burden. Now, it may have become a burden, but man, they played into that whole conspiracy theory for, for hype. They 100% did. So You're on mute, I think. Sorry. What what was the whole thing that you could do in Google Translate? I was just trying to do it then. Oh, uh, you Google translating his name, Hassan to, Karaman, right? Yeah, and it became it was something <laughs> interesting. It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like Kojima or something like that. It was like it was something insane. Like Karaman is Hideo or something like that in Japanese. It's like what. I haven't finished the index of our show yet where it talks about like what segments we should cover on which episode. I wish I had that now because I could just look up our notes from that episode. Yeah. But um, look, there's 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 a lot of things that just felt like it fit into place and I think we where we landed I can't remember, but I know that it was almost like it was just it seems too far fetched at that point. But uh Yeah, I think like we ultimately sort of said we don't th- like, there are distinct real things, right? But, it, yeah, it's it's probably more of a coincidence. And, like, mm. people just drawing analogies and stuff like that and drawing data and just kind of, like, convincing themselves. But I, I think it's safe to say we can close this one off until, obviously, the saga of yeah. Abandoned will continue because the game hasn't even had its demo released yet and all that bullshit of a installer for a trailer and that gets all this crap so that that's, that will continue on and there'll be some fun stuff in the future to talk about that and who knows maybe yeah. it ends up being a good game if it ever comes out well I was totally off it once um, he had an interview with the guys from Sacred Symbol Hassan Karaman had like a long form interview mm. so I watched the whole thing and I'm like this guy's not fake he's a real guy he just feels like the 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 thing just blew up in his face. It just becomes so big. And he, yep. they were playing into the Kojima thing a little bit. And then, you know, that, that just went, sent people wild. So, and then, yeah, mm. they've not been able to release their game. So it's kind of fucked. So. All right. So lots of, lots of Kojima news there. Kojima, um, Kojima, Kojima. I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to probably see him in the headlines a lot more in the, the coming months, uh, around the game awards time. So, now the last story of today is Square Enix. So after news surfaced a few weeks ago that Square Enix had trademarked the name Symbiogenesis, rumors were abound that the publisher was on the verge of announcing something cool, perhaps even a new Parasite Eve game. Turns out the reality is not so cool. Symbiogenesis is an interactive non-fungible token project, aka NFTs touted as a new franchise so it will launch next year as a browser-based game for mobile and pc using the ethereum blockchain and the announcement follows months of square enix talking about incorporating nfts into their business model so symbiogenesis so i remember reading this the articles back in like around the late october basically saying oh they've, they've uh you know they've trademarked symbiogenesis the reason why parasite eve comes up because you know the whole like meaning of symbiogenesis of two organisms coming together and everything it's like it fit everything to do with parasite eve you know square enix have have been on a, a role releasing game after game and remaster after remaster and recent you know over the last two years they're just remastering and remaking so many different things so it kind of made sense that they might bring back parasite eve and i think there's only three games in that franchise but 
and it to, for it to be announced as an NFT project was the biggest. We talk. We talk Let about down, the term. Yeah. We talk about the term wet fart, and that is just the wettest fart ever. Um, NFTs, <laughs> man. NFTs. <laughs> Because there's also some news about NFTs with Apple. Like, they've got this thing now. If you have anything... So, if you have an NFT and it activates something in in the iPhone, like in an app, you have to pay 30% commission on that. Yeah. I had it, like, as an aside, as a possible story for us to chat about last week, but obviously it's more appropriate to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I thought, wow, it's almost like simultaneously them just trying to crush NFTs because you, you almost pretty much go hmm. it makes it unusable in the app then right and look so they are genuinely useless things it's really unfortunate for me because you actually look at like the, the name Cipio Genesis I think is actually cool and the logo they created and everything the little like trailer I actually thought it looks like it could be a cool thing yeah oops sorry and then for it to <laughs> just be uh, an NFT thing man like Oh, yeah, look, I'll, there's some other, like, I guess some give some context about it, not that, you know, it deserves it, but basically they're saying, you know, obviously you can collect digital art, um, it has an hey, interactive... don't sell, don't sell this fucking... It has... We get we got offers to actually legitimately sell the NFTs to make money to advertise, uh, and we don't do that, and now you're advertising this shit. No, it's worth, worth mentioning for one Fuck reason, it. so there's an interactive story, and this links back to them saying they wanted to do story based NFTs if you remember we did a whole segment on it so but the funny thing is they say the themes will apparently explore the monopolization and distribution of resources which (laughs) so meta that is yeah like nobody can write write that without being self-aware of that so look Given given Square Enix's track record of uh, you know like launching lots of mobile stuff and shutting them down and all this stuff, like I don't see this lasting that long. To be honest, even if it if if it gets off the ground, so I feel like I've been there from a corporate perspective where it's so much inertia internally that y- you try to convince someone to go, look, this is a sunk cost. We should just give this up now, right? Hmm. And you almost can't sell that message internally. So it's like, fuck, let's just launch it and it will die and then we'll wrap it up. So they launched the game, right? Then they closed the game. And if you have an NFT related to that game, like, what the fuck is that NFT used for then? Like, well, exactly what it's used for when you buy it. Nothing. <laughs> but at least it apparently has a function within the game, you know well, what I mean? Starting, at least you're it... starting to sound a bit NFT defender. No, microphone. no, no. I'm saying when it shuts down, what the fuck is the situation? It's like people that own digital currency for mobile games and they shut them down. It's like, well, yeah. fucking, what do I do with this now, you know? So... No, I get it. it. It's all bullshit, though. It's, it's yeah. Like, yeah. NFTs are so dopey. Symbio wank, symbio wank is what I call it. Symbio wank. Okay. I feel like that was not your best work. That was you went a bit hard in the paint there. You laughed. You laughed. You laughed. <laughs> More at the failed execution. That, that is the intended purpose of that. <laughs> well, it means to end. It ends to it means. We'll see. Cool. All right. And on that note, that's the last two segments. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some random shit with no context and no research because we want to talk about some leftover headlines. So Intergot. Want to talk about gaming? Um, I just like just quickly one of these ones. Dwarf Fortress. You're officially getting a release on the sixth of December this year, twenty twenty two, on Steam. First was made started. They started development back in two thousand and two, October. So, 20 years later, it's finally releasing on Steam. Is this? I don't know if you how much time you spent on checking this game out. 
I know I know quite a bit about. Oh, Dragon you do? Ages. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've I never tried might, it. I might buy it because I kind of just love the story. I know this is a stupid reason to buy a game, and it is fasc- fascinating how the game actually works and like the multi generational things of the game and how like complex it is and everything like that. So I don't know. It's just like I think it's really cool. It's it's weird. It's weird, and I feel like with this release, the buzz that they'll get, I feel like it will. Set the, it's almost like they've spent 20 years the brothers two brothers making this game I feel like this is going to basically put them in a good spot where it's like okay well that was our career we made one game for 20 years and it was really weird I, I hope so the the thing the unfortunate thing is there's games that have come out since that are doing the same kind of thing and popular like RimWorld and that that I hope well, that they it's new enough to people if you know what I mean so well the big one is what is it called um, Factorio have you, che- have you checked out Factorio? Yeah, yeah, I know Factorio. That's crazy. I actually will not play that game because when I look at it and, like, looking at how it all works and stuff, I'm like, holy shit. I feel like I could, like, lose myself in this game. It's just, it looks so good and so insane. And I think Factorio is, like, a bit of a, a mental version of this Dwarf Fortress game, so... Uh, one from me is we had an announcement of the remake of Riven, which was the Mist sequel. So I know Mike um, recently played through the remake of uh, Mist. So the fact that they've announced that Riven's also getting the treatment is great. It's and it probably like I've actually played Riven in the past. It's I played probably more of that than Mist, but look, there's a good chance that stuff they'll come to multiple different platforms and things like that. So I'll check that out when that comes out. So yeah, Riven, super quick one, Call of Duty obviously released massive hit very soft reviews like very weak reviews like it's not going to be for me in my top six for game of the year right Hmm. and fastest selling call of duty of all time (laughs) it's like holy shit dude like even when they make an average one it's still just destroying it it's fucking crazy it's 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 like an institution for people Mm. It's like Call of Duty season. It's like football season or something. It's like, oh, football season coming up. Oh, Call of Duty season coming up. Great, we've got to pick that up. Campaign, multiplayer, cool. Play that for a few months. Dump it. Well, Fuck. it's also like when we're talking the fastest selling, the terminology there is that when you look at the reports, you know, it's based on the, the sales amount. Yeah. And we know that, you know, obviously these games cost more these days, you know. So it's like now we know the last couple of Call of Duty games didn't set the world on fire sales-wise compared to the predecessors. Yeah. But can, when you combine the fact that it is a new Modern Warfare game, it had a lot more buzz and then it had the higher price point, then it makes sense to me that, it, that it, it's beaten, you know, beaten the, the record. And is it correct to say that they're taking a year off next year, right? I don't know. I haven't heard that. I believe they are. I'm just trying to check that out. I might come back. I remember, I think Trey Trey are working on it and they're either skipping 2023 or 2024 they've already announced they're skipping one of those years okay. like formally they've like announced it but mm, I seem to remember reading idea. something that there is a 2023 game because when mm. we were talking about the whole exclusivity part yeah I think the Treyarch game was, was the one that potentially oh. was in the works also, also I think it was Treyarch unless it's Sledgehammer but yeah well this is something where it goes 2024 Call of Duty 2024 will have a two year life cycle so, ugh, I don't know. I've, I was so certain that they actually said that there was one of the years they're either skipping. Maybe it's 2024. Uh, 2025, sorry. Mm. Anyway, whatever. Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, 
Now, talk about Dwarf Fortress 20 years. Now, this isn't quite that long, but Little Inferno. So, a game that came out like 10 years ago is getting a new uh, holiday expansion, which is crazy. Like, game getting DLC after 10 years. And I know Mike's a big fan of Little Inferno as well. Um, so, that's just really, really neat. Like, games getting DLC that have been around. For, like, that game launched on the Wii U, I think. Mm. So, it's like, that's how long ago that game came out, you know, so... Yeah. Um, another one for me is Halo Infinite that is getting ray tracing. Man, this game, fuck me. Like, it's such a disappointment. Cause I'd... Ray tracing on PC, to be clear. Yeah, ray tracing on PC only. Um, I, I feel like it's broken, man. I think it's fucked. I think it's... The more I think about Halo, it actually pisses me off so much. Because it's like... <laughs> it pisses you off. It does, because it's like... Honestly, that's why I don't like Microsoft. They just fuck... They fuck things up. Like, they buy things and just wreck them. Like, Rare... I used to love Rare shit. Like, Halo, man. They fucking, like, were handed a multi-billion dollar core IP from Bungie. Right? It's gifted to them. And it's so... Like, let's be real. Halo is not super complex. Halo is not fucking that complex, dude. It's not, like, something that's, like, that complex to pull together... And they still find a way to fuck it up. Like, Master Chief Collection launched, like, fucking way worse than Halo Infinite launched. Like, way worse than Cyberpunk launched. It's amazing. Like, to say that, that I could legitimately argue that easily. It launched worse, right? And then, yeah, like, they just keep following up with fuck-ups and commitments that they, they don't stick to. It's just... And this ray tracing, I, like Mike in our chat was like, ray tracing, why are they doing that not co-op? And I'm like, yeah, it's, like, whatever comment, because it's probably very easy to do, right? It's probably a setting that they can switch on. But still, it does... There's a certain, like, look to it for me. It's like, where the fuck are your priorities? It's so bizarre. It, like, Splatoon 3 has more content than, than Halo Infinite. It's fucking embarrassing, man. Yeah. You never cease to entertain me with how heated you get when talking about Halo Infinite. Well, but I love Halo 3... And there's, like, something special about that shit. And they're just, like, they're wrecking it. They're absolutely bloody wrecking it. It's... It, they... I wish they could take the franchise off them. Right? <laughs> they own it, so... Um, a couple of games coming to Game Pass that I'm super excited about that they announced. So the first is Return to Monkey Island. So I mm. talked about, uh, I think, two episodes ago, the fact that, you know, that game was a Switch console launch exclusive, so I was waiting to see if they were going to announce other consoles, and they did. So it's coming on Tuesday to Game Pass for Xbox and also to PlayStation 5. Super excited to jump into that one. And also Vampire Survivors is coming to Xbox consoles on Thursday. So Dangerous I will people. be... I will be interested to see whether or not they provide a way for you to transfer your data from the PC version. I, I kind of have an assumption you're not going to be able to, but I hope I'm wrong. They're kind I of shit at that Microsoft as well. Yeah, but I mean, this is generally the handled by the developers, this part. So it's it's kind of like, I given the nature of the way that game was built and the fact that it's also moving to a new engine in the future. Yeah, yeah it's pretty generic. I'm, right? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm assuming it's probably just going to be a fresh start, which, look, I've always wanted to try it. It's it would be a perfect just lay back on the couch, control of one stick kind of game. Like it's such a. What simple are you doing game, with the other so. hand? Hey, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, browsing my phone. Oh, reading, way. oh I'm I'm reading the, all the YouTube comments we get that are talking about my uh, Assassin's Creed uh, tier list. Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, warning that's to people about that game. That's obviously a highly addictive game. That's like in the top ten consistently in the Steam Deck games that are played. Mm. 
So super addictive to people. The other ones for me, um, that Nibelian, so Nabil. So it's like a, a super prolific Twitter user, like similar to like Wario 64, breaks a lot of news, does a lot of stuff. Like always, again, with same as Wario 64, you think there's a whole team of people. It's like one person doing it. It's not a bot or anything. It's an actual person. And they're so quick. It's like, I don't know how it's fucking possible. They live on the phone or whatever. Anyway, just randomly, not randomly, but like just out of nowhere, like bang, I'm like leaving Twitter. I'm wasting my life doing this. Like, this is me paraphrasing, obviously, very extremely. You know, like I realized like, what am I doing? This is not like adding value. Like I'm going to leave. And it comes off, obviously, Elon Musk buying the platform as well. So... I don't know how much well, it's that versus like he's just kind of over it. So well, also he attempted to get a Patreon up and running and it didn't work out as well. So oh, I didn't know that context. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Like he did talk about the Elon Musk oh, stuff. So okay. I think it's a I think it's a big combination of stuff there. But whether um, that's yeah. actually a driver for people, I think sometimes people can, you know, assign things like they're already mm. in their minds. You know, they've they're left and then it's like it's a convenient thing to call out but maybe there's other key reasons hmm. um i think i already mentioned last of us and you very uh unsport and unfriend like uh <laughs> not gonna play last of us but the I show is, i won't play it but no, you're just like you said, i'm no, going to nom no. i'm gonna nominate one of your resolution games that you choose well, to pick like, last of us we have a show together it'd be nice for the show why do we even do the show i'm having fun playing through playstation's history i don't have to play their triple a well we don't need to have a show to talk about stuff right we can do that individually like you could just talk to a wall like you normally do anyway so um last of us I feel like i am sometimes yeah hbo well yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go down that path. Um, HBO, their Last of Us series is coming out on January fifteenth, twenty twenty three, which is kind of kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Very early in the year. Like, uh, hmm, I don't know. I don't know what that says about the show. I guess this is US, right? So it's like they don't have a huge holiday season over Christmas because that's you know I don't know. It seems strange to me that it's coming out in January. Don't you think? Yeah, I was just sorry. I just got distracted by comments talking about Knack. I've already completed Knack as part of my list, so uh, I actually would like to play Knack too, but I can't find it for cheap. So Jesus the fact Christ. that I'd rather play Knack, you're too, a dickhead. I know. You're after playing up. the first Knack, than playing Last of Us. You two are both straight up dickheads sometimes. Um, and then the last, but most important piece of news. Proud. I was like, <laughs> this is like an insane thing that I do. I like. I'll see if I can bring up the string quickly. I sometimes check out this website, <laughs> right? Just like and randomly. And you call me a dickhead. <laughs> I'm not a dickhead. This is just odd. Like, dickhead is different. It's like you have a fucking podcast and it's like, oh, no, I don't want to play that game. Um, you have so, to play the same games. Yeah, well, it's a show. That's what normally people do. That's like normal people. But anyway, um, so there's this website that has certificates of compliance for Amiibo. So you go through it all and it like has all Amiibo and then their codes and all this other shit, right? So I actually randomly check this site every now and then <laughs> as a psycho, right? And I noticed, I'm like, oh, whoa, what the fuck? There's like something that just calls Amiibo <laughs> on here. You click into it, right? Oh, I'm kind of like doxing these people, but like this is public information. So I don't, I don't know. Is that doxing? I don't think so. Uh, it's publicly listed on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not drawing my attention to this guy who works at Nintendo. But he's he's been there forever. I feel like emailing him. Um, but yeah, they have no image. 
they don't have no description. They just have the part number. The other thing is, being a psycho, they've done two runs of production of this thing, right? Now, most Amiibo, they only do one run. So I'm like, hmm, it must be an Amiibo that they know is going to sell. Now, I think the easiest thing you could say is, like, maybe it's Sephiroth. Because, like, you feel like that's going to come out. And maybe it was meant to be in a direct and they're waiting. But, or it could it, it could be simply Fire Emblem Engage, right? But it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And my theory, my hot theory is, I feel like it's probably a Mario Amiibo that they've got in production. I really want this bloody Mario game to come out. Surely they're going to have another Mario game around when the Mario movie's coming out. And the Mario movie was meant to come out earlier, right? So if you think about it, like, these things get manufactured. They take a lot of time to get manufactured. The movie shifted out. This would have released, you know, around Christmassy time. So that's what I'm hoping it is. So I'm going to track this. We should have done this as a segment. We should have actually done a deeper dive and to start looking at the history of the manufacturing (laughs) runs and the dates... And like the codes and the, everything about these documents. Yeah, That's, I have I have seen how they produce it. <laughs> so can I ask? So did you just randomly go and check yeah. it, or do you have something that's like monitors no. page changes? A box I was or gonna something? do that. I was gonna do that, but I thought that's too crazy. So I just randomly check it. I check every now and then. I check stuff. Is is the amiibo community aware of your findings? Uh, I saw they posted it after I discovered it. But I didn't oh, post. Okay, okay, okay. But I didn't want to post because I'm breaking the news on the show. You but know, someone you, did figure it out. You could be the uh, the nibble was a nibelion or whatever nibelion of the amiibo Nibble. community and breaking Nibble. the news based on this stuff. So. I could, I could. I need my inside yes. amiibo people. I've called you an amiibo influencer before, so <laughs> I want to find out like this place that makes them. I feel like if I if I get in contact with them, they they they're pretty dodgy in China to be honest. Like. I probably could go can you make another run so I can sell them and I'll pay you a bunch of money then I'll find out all the new ones that are coming out <laughs> we're getting to that counterfeit amiibo universe yes, again yes we you are know? we are we definitely are we are we don't want to breach into that so is there anything else for you no no look uh, there's there's always lots of news but I think we've talked about a lot um, so I think it's time to wrap up yeah. um, just just another heads up that um, we will be talking about uh, our predictions for the Game Awards Game of the Year nominees next week. So we'll uh, chuck down what six games we think are likely to be nominated and we'll see who ends up on top. And can you remind it's usually, me? It's usually Intergot. It's usually Intergot. I, I'm a deep thinker with this stuff. I spend too much time thinking about... Because, um, you know, it's real money on the line for this kind of thing, right? But did you say when they normally publish the nominees um it's will be just after the show i think like the 8th 16th 18th around that kind of time um, really that past. that that far in event in the part in the past they have yes um like around that kind of like mid mid november so that's why that's why i scheduled in for next show because i'm like well they'll likely announce it in the following week so yeah I'd, yeah I'd, yeah you're right like it's always it does seem to always be in that week of november hmm so, I was hoping they would have actually announced it, but they haven't. They've been really quiet on on that stuff. Yeah, maybe that's the way they normally work, and I've only just had to think about it until now. So, well, so the process is they reach out to publications. So it's like Press Start, Ozgamer, mm-hmm. uh, and Survivor in Australia. I believe they're the three. 
um, it has to be multi-platform. So Vooks doesn't get a vote because it's only Nintendo stuff, right? Obviously, maybe we'll get a vote one day, Swinny. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, but what they do is they they get the votes, but they they weight it. So like IGN is worth like probably five press starts. <laughs> We're worth negative 10. Yeah, we're, we're, we're worth 0.001. <laughs> yeah. like, this, this it can't be negative 10 because we'll, we'll have an influence, but it'll be this, like the opposite. This fucking podcast has nominated Elix 2 for Game of the Year. What the fuck are they thinking? <laughs> That's diversity, bro. That's diversity. But um, yeah, I, I, okay, I got so crazy about this thing, right? I was like, I feel like maybe I should build a model to be able to get the multi-factor weights of how much is he weighting all these other things and try to figure it out well that's why when I looked back at the past nominees and uh, you know how the fact that they generally only have a maximum of one indie game each each year as well it's like you can go back and see some of the trends that they generally do well you know because all of these big you know because the thing is all of the big companies so Nintendo PlayStation Xbox all have a seat on the board right of the game awards and then all of the sites that nominate like i believe that they can see who they've like nominated and stuff right so they also don't want to get offside so i'd imagine there's some manipulation going on all through the system to get to a point where it's like we accept one indie and then it's got to be like an ex- like if you can an xbox game a sony game and a nintendo game if you can if it adds up right and that's where I'm getting my head at. I'm like, i got to think through. Maybe they are going to put in a Nintendo game. Because there's some that have rated really well. They've rated really well. And then, yeah, there's probably one room. And it fucking better not be Stray. I'm going to be filthy if it's Stray ahead of Tunic. That's going to piss me off, man. So I like how Stray's gone from, yeah, it's all right, not no, amazing, it's... to, like, fucking Stray. I'll be so pissed off if <laughs> Stray is nominated. No, Stray is... Like, it's a game I reckon, recommend people play. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it. But it's not the best top six game in the I year. know. I've just seen it just yeah. progressively get more... I, like, but I haven't God changed. Damn it, God no, damn I haven't it. changed. I'm judging it in different facets. I'm judging it on... It should not be in the top six. And I'm starting to get nervous that it will be in the top six. I'm I starting to get see, really nervous to get in the I want to see your thesis on why games journalists are cat people that you've always been talking about. I want to see your peer-reviewed <laughs> research about that. Dude, I listen to a lot of... Ga- well, I used to listen to more, not so much anymore, but I've listened to a lot of gaming podcasts and they, they're they all cat people, man. They're cat people. They don't, they don't talk about dogs as much. The ones that I like are out of the industry that like dogs. So I've, I've studied this shit, man. Don't, don't question me. <laughs> I, I just... I want to see the proof. <laughs> Pony up the research. But yeah, like, uh, I'm bumping out Xenoblade. I'm bumping that out. Hey, 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 we've got to talk about this next week. That's, uh, no, I'm going to have a whole segment on this. You're not going to play nah, Last of Us. Nah. I can do whatever I want, bro. Yeah. I like... What's the Xbox week... game that's going to go in? What's the Xbox game that could go in? Have they released a game this year? I don't think they deserves I mean, to be one this year. By the way, have they actually... I can't believe you didn't talk about Phil Spencer kind of saying... Did you have it as one of the topics? How he yeah. said, oh, okay, yeah. sorry, I missed it. How he's like, oh, I'm, I'm unbiased. Sorry, bro. Like, we haven't released any games this year. It's like, mm. that's probably not good enough given that we've got 50, 55 studios. Mm. And it's like, 
What what, are, what have they actually released this year? Like Microsoft. Not much. Not much. Like I'm being dead serious. Like what have they? What have? What has Xbox? Like what has Microsoft released this year? Anything? Well, well, it also depends. Are you like the like, thing? The, since they the, owned and then they published something, not no, something they've just bought. I'm saying like. Done. It's also I'm not I'm not gonna like go look it up, but I'm basically saying there's also games, smaller games that are published by Xbox Game Studios that are what people would consider indie titles. But when we're talking about AAA releases, like that Is kind it of level, nothing? Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Because I, I was reading an article from the start of the year saying how Xbox is going to dominate 2022. It was because it was meant to be with Starfield, Starfield <laughs> avowed <Yeah>. perfect dark. <laughs> Well, Perfect Dark this was never going to come out this article. Perfect Dark was never going to come out this year. Never going to come out this awesome, year. Man. And then they're like Stalker Two, Redfall. <laughs> this is so insane. This article. This is actually really funny, man. You should see this. Um, yeah, but have they released anything? I don't feel like you answered me. I said no. I said I can't think of anything. Wow. It's a fucking unbelievable. Starfield's really killed them. That that got shifted out. That, yeah. that's really fucked them hard this year yeah they're relying on that one yeah I think Tunic will be the one that is okay I shouldn't talk about my logic because you're just going to copy me now but Tunic but the been saying Tunics no nah, don't copy me you can't have Tunic I'll no, go first no nah, no I'll nah, go hey, first. hey hey nah. hey hey won't accept it back when we were talking about nah. this stuff I think it was our mid-year I talked about if there's any indie game I think that cut, made the cut through it's Tunic so I've always thought that rewrite of history yeah I've always thought that I want so. you to be able to pu- press play on your own audio clip you bring that technology next week to the show right okay, you've done I'll it before try, I'll try to find it you've done yeah it before. but I but unlike unlike other people that uh no not on today's show I don't abuse the technology when I have it <laughs> yeah <laughs> true, snap, true Mr. Snapchat feels <laughs> yeah thank god he, we, he stopped that <laughs> so I know we're going on about this we're going to end the show but Tunic to me now is a lock to go in. You know why? Because it's an Xbox exclusive, or it launches an Xbox exclusive. So it fills the Xbox and the indie role. So it's mm. like you know, if they're all like thinking about the marginal shit, like the Xbox crowd will push that forward a bit more, and all this other guys. I feel like that's a lock now for me in my head. Yeah, okay, no, I've, got, I've got a makes solid sense. four. I've got a solid starting four. Cool. I've got to get well, six. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it in our special segment uh, predicting it next Beautiful. week. So thanks everyone for joining and uh, we're going to go say goodbye. Bye-bye. See ya. You look like you're doing a bad salute then. <laughs> can we can we do that again just quickly? <laughs> I'll edit nah, it. Not bye-bye. happening. Your not arm happening. went all the way up. I'm not, not even going to do it. Not happening. Not <laughs> all right, happening. bye-bye. <laughs>